Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Everybody, good morning. I am Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. You know, we are real women, real talk, real issues, and real faith. That's our slogan around here because um, that's what we are, and that's what we're trying to do is have some really real talk about the real issues that affect the identity of our soul. Because our spiritual identity, I have found through years and years and years of teaching about everything gospel that I can actually, you know, uh, try to share, teach about, walk through, you know, be transparent about, um, everything seems to come back to identity. And so I have found that nothing impacts our world more like our individual identities spiritually. And you all know that we are under attack constantly, spiritually. So joining me today to dive right into a conversation that we've been having and to pick up in a place where um, we finished last week um, is the entire tribe, Nova Page, Christina Reynolds, and Christina Boudreau. And um, instead of, you know, wasting too much time on long introductions, you know that each of my co-hosts is a very powerful woman in her own right. I am very fortunate to do this every week with uh amazing sisters in Christ and friends, but also amazing women of God who are incredible teachers, who are incredibly open and transparent with their own journeys in the hopes that your journey gets affected and impacted in the way that it should, um, in a way that makes you want to walk deeper in your faith, in dealing with all of the issues that you are going to confront, not just today, but every day and throughout the rest of your week, certainly. So let's kick off the week. Let's get the girls in studio on camera and uh, ready for audio. And whether you're listening on podcast or you're watching us on live stream through Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, I welcome you. And I want to encourage you, if you have the time to join us through the YouTube channel, because not only will you get to interact with us live, um, we get to answer your your comments. We get to see who's watching. We get to interface with you. And we love to be a part of your journey um, live and much more interactively. So for those of you who are watching on podcast, please make sure you comment, like us, share us, subscribe, no matter what platform you're on, and um, help us grow, help us increase the dialogue around the globe because um, we are around the globe and we have women joining us from everywhere. So as our sisters from California and uh, London and uh, South Africa, um, all over the UK, all over uh, the many different countries kind of log in this morning. Um, Good morning, Scotland. Uh, I just want to say thank you, you know, and, um, you guys, first of all, good morning. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> and 
last week we start, you know, we were in the middle of kind of going through, I found this awesome study that walks through 14 things that are essential to our identity as um, believers. And it's, it's interesting because the first two, I'm just going to run through the first two, right? Um, because I think, and I find these to be really important because I think when you know who you are, then you know what you are, why you were created. And as you confront things, you know kind of how to deal with those things because you you know what, what wisdom you're using, right? So we sort of hit on um, the first thing that you should know about your identity is that you're a saint. And um, I found that one interesting because I don't think... I feel like a saint every day. In fact, I feel I feel like a sinner a lot of the, a lot of the time. And but but I I gave you some scriptures as reference points, and I'm I'm going to get through the first two that we went through really quickly before we dive in with number three today because I don't want to um I don't want to rehash too much, but I am going to give you the scriptural points of number one Ephesians two nineteen Colossians one eleven to thirteen. Romans 8, 27, and Ephesians 3, 17. Those were sort of, um, I don't know, the tent poles that we were dealing with last week when talking about the fact that Jesus Christ sees us as saints and that 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 is what we are. We're not sinners. We can always count on Jesus's help in our life to overcome sin. Uh, the second point we got to was that you're blessed. You need to know you're blessed. And sometimes I think we feel anything but blessed. We feel attacked. We feel condemned. <clears throat> we feel, <clears throat> man, confused, shaken. Um, a lot of the things that sometimes we just wake up in the morning feeling. And um, you need to understand that that's a lie. No matter what the enemy tries to tell you, the opposite is true. You're actually blessed. You know, we're here today. We, we have the ability to get on a get on a computer or log into a podcast and listen to other women talk about their relationships and their identity in Christ. So you're blessed. And two of the scriptures I hit on with that were Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. So know that you're blessed because God has given you the greatest blessing of all, himself. And there is no bigger blessing than that. And then we started out where I want to pick up today with one that kind of blows my mind a little bit. See, God notices and he appreciates every good choice that you make throughout your life, even when other people don't. So change the way you live as a result. Exchange grumbling for praying. Exchange competing for celebrating. Exchange bitterness for thankfulness. Exchange performing for serving and boasting for encouraging. And this will help you to know how appreciated you actually are. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw two scriptures in here really quickly and then I'm gonna we're gonna open it up here in the studio for some conversation. But one John three one says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great <clears throat> delight in you. <clears throat> in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Why would he do any of these things to us when we feel so awful about ourselves sometimes? Well, it's because he didn't create us to feel awful about ourselves but he created us to walk in the reality that he appreciates us, which I think is pretty insane because why would God appreciate us? And, and, and to be appreciated has to mean that we're loved, which is one of the greatest parts of our identity is to know that we're loved. We're loved so much that he died for us, but we're appreciated. So I want to start right there and, and I want to kind of go back through this, you know, God notices and appreciates every good choice we make throughout our lives, even when other people don't. <clears throat> and I want to <clears throat> kind of get a little personal here because I know that Christina Nova and Christina, 
you've gone through some things in the last year specifically where I believe you made the choice to love God and love others, you know, to serve as children, to lavish love on them, even though you weren't necessarily being appreciated by them or appreciated by man or authority or whatever. And I guess the first thing I want to know is, did you ever feel through any of that, that you were doing something that God appreciated? Or did you just feel like, why am I doing this? I feel like a doormat. Because that's usually where we go. I can tell it's a tough one. <laughs> I can tell it's a tough one. Go ahead, ladies. I want to hear <laughs> the wisdom. I just have something like simple. Um, I was listening to this uh, message yesterday by a Calvary pastor from New York. His name is David Tommaso. And he literally talked about this exact thing where he talked about how, and he's, he, it was like on Sunday, it was a Sunday morning message, but he was addressing people in ministry. And he's like, a lot of times you guys, even whether it's like when you, he just used the example, you start out serving in kids ministry and then you're like, oh, these are little lambs and little sheep. And then six months in, you're like, that's their kids that I have to go minister to. And he's like, you grow better with the parking lot. You grow better with, you know, greeting people at door, you know, at the door or whatever. And he just specifically said, you guys can't allow the ministry that you do. Like you cannot look to the ministry you do for appreciation or, you know, from people because people don't give it to you. Like it comes from the Lord. And he said, you will never get a return upon um, like he you will never get a return from everything that you do for the Lord, because everything that you do is like a sacrifice, you know, that's a pleasing aroma to him. And he just was basically talking about like, we have to do everything as unto the Lord. And he's like, everything I put into my messages every Sunday, no one will ever know about, but I do it as unto the Lord. He, and he was checking people. He's like, are you guys doing it for like a plaque on a wall? He's like, a lot of people don't continue in ministry because they don't get a thank you. And I, I honestly had to check my heart because I was coming back from a lot of tours over this last several months. And from really raw places like in Mexico, like really, you know, just like really gnarly ministry. Like I had a youth event Friday. I spoke at, talked to two girls who had been, you know, rescued from sex trafficking at the hands of their like foster parent, like just like really wild stories. And sometimes I would come back and, you know, you get so excited because you want to, you want to share with people what God did in ministry. But I think I was coming back from tour. I was trying to look for a place where my experience was known with people. So it wasn't that I was even needing people to celebrate what I did for the Lord. I think it was more like I was trying to find people who understood the raw ministry that I was doing because I would come back to normal kind of church life and people would just have a glazed over look on their eyes. And there was a disconnection that I felt, you know, so it was more that because I knew that everything I was doing was for the Lord, but sometimes people um, in their, and it wasn't like I was even looking for people to be like, you're awesome, whatever. I think I was just like, Lord, there was parts of me where it's not that I wanted to not do what I was doing for the Lord anymore. I just was like, Lord, this is really hard unless I have people that could truly meet me and know what I do to be able to minister to me in that place. And me being at Calvary Golden Springs now, which is Raul Reese's church, I'm surrounded by a whole church of leaders who not only know, who not only know the ministry that I do, but who do missions who are constantly going through suffering in their life and who continue in ministry. So I feel more known in this season that I've ever felt in my life. And so, but that was a transition from where I was going to church six months ago to, um, to where I go to church now. And that made a huge shift is that I feel so known now than what I did before that before I was looking for people to be like, Oh dude, like we're praying for you. But now I know people are praying for me and I'm not looking for that, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question, but that was my process. Well, yeah, it definitely sheds a lot of light, I think, on the whole thing, because appreciated is such an interesting word. Like, right. Yeah. So for you and in ministry, it, it, I think in anything that you're doing, you know, for those of you who are listening and or watching for anything you do, part of this world conditioning has us in this place where appreciation in some way equates to being known, 
you know, mm-hmm. being known, being recognized, being validated, getting a pat on the back. I mean, you, you know, look, I mean, it used to be that you worked for a company for 30 years and you got a gold watch when you retired, <laughs> right? You know, like, but, but the reality is, you know, will we work for 30 years without the promise of a gold watch? And I mean, I think that is the actual reality, you know, in ministry, why do you do what you do? You know, why do you love mm-hmm. Christ? If you're loving Christ for a reward, the rewards may not look like you think you want them to look. And oftentimes I think they don't. And so, you know, how do we confront our faith when we're not getting, you know, the worldly appreciation that we know we actually may be deserving of? You know, I love that when you ask the question, there was just this complete pause, like just like, uh, who wants to who wants to throw themselves out there? I think it, first of all, I can't say this, like you're, you're appreciated without going, you're appreciated. Like for some reason, I feel like it's very like regal. Um, Anna, are you feeling me on that? Um, and I, you know, I love that. I wrote down, um, you, you lay down performance for serving, right? That was one of the things that you uh, mentioned and that every good choice, um, God sees it even when others don't. And it's so interesting, Cynthia, because this is the story of the last six months of our life. Like, whoa, it's been wild um, to walk through probably, I would say, one of the loneliest times as we walked out of a particular ministry, yet we didn't walk away from ministering. So um, we you know, we're forced to do a forcible walk out of ministry, but it's it. And there was a huge temptation to want to feel appreciated when we left. And Mm. even someone said, you know, you guys should like throw yourself a party and be like, invite everybody. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to let the Lord. it, It was very tempting but we're going to just going to like let the Lord lead us. And with that came every emotion. And I do want to say that Jesus walked us through it um, through a number of different ways, but we got really real with each other and the Lord. And I, I, I do know that the Lord sees us and he was with us in the very fearful moments. And to be honest with you, we're still going through fearful moments and I know he's with us in it. And this has been the hardest, probably the hardest six months of our life in some ways. And yet in the middle of it, we have our little joyful child Shiloh, who is, it's like she was sent straight from heaven to just say things that are, all about gratitude. Like it's constant gratitude. Can you believe that we have food on our table every day, mommy? Can you believe we get to see the ocean? Can you believe? And, and, and then now I just started saying, I can believe that. I can believe that. And I do believe that. What a blessing. So it has not been very easy, but it's been worth it. And we're not out of the storm. And we're, we don't have security that most people look for. We don't have it right now. We're still in the, in the like, okay, God. Uh, And that's okay. There's been lots of surprises in the middle of it that have been like, God, you're amazing. And I think that's where the gratitude comes from. It's like, huh, you didn't have to do that, but you did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I don't know if that answers your question. it, it, It does because look, the reality is, you know, I think this is an interesting uh, statement of your identity, right? You need to know that you're appreciated. And it's, it's, it's tempting because I, I, I know you're turning it into your gratitude for the provision, but you need to understand that the provision is because you're appreciated by God. And I, I, I think there's this, and I, I, the reason why I think this is important is because I think that it's really easy for us to take the light and the power and the reality of God, of God's love for us off of us and turn that spotlight around. 
and mm-hmm. and sort of step aside and make it like, but I appreciate him and I love him, right? But I, this did is I the, just do that, Cynthia? Did I yeah, just do that? A little bit, not thoroughly, but a little bit. And I'm going to tell you. It yeah, let's that. talk about that. That's well, real. Right? Yeah, because I think, and it's the very first conversation I ever had with um, a man named Roger Charles long before he became my husband on an airplane when we were knee deep in a, in a divine appointment and a Bible study. And he looked at me after talking to me for about an hour and a half. And he goes, um, do you understand that God loves you. He desires you. He appreciates you. He celebrates you. He loves you. And I, and, and, and I, I went to say, he goes, no, 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 no. I don't. He goes, I know you, I know you can say you love him. I know you can say you appreciate him. Do you understand who you are to him? And I just broke down crying because I realize that we don't live in that reality as believers. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. It's hard, Cynthia, because in that, I think we, there's, there's two sides to that coin really, because as Christians, we, you know, we're called to humility, but it doesn't mean self-hatred. It really means like knowing like God really does love us. And, and I, I do sit back and go, wow, God really, really does love us. And and for sure, I probably didn't just communicate that. But the other side of, yeah, I think that it's like, we don't want to over give to ourselves. I don't, you know, it's, it's like this tricky thing because we have to live out of that identity. Like I know I'm loved and I am the beloved and yet not focus on self because it is because of Christ's love that I am loved. Like it's not out of my own acknowledgement, even it's not out of my own acknowledgement that God loves me. It's out of who he is that he loves me and that he created me purposefully and he created me out of his own love. Yeah. Yeah. I think even like the things that we're supposed to know about ourselves and our identity in Christ are mirrors of the things that we know about Christ and our, our, his identity to us. You know what I mean? It's kind of like we're, you know, we appreciate him. He mirrors back to us appreciation. You know, it, it, look, it's like the scripture that says we love because he first loved us. Like, what do we know about love really? Unless we know about Christ's love for us. You know, what example do we even have? You know, cause worldly and earthly love is so broken and tainted and complex and complicated by the fact that, you know, there's flesh involved in it. You know, it's, so it's, it's interesting, you know, when I read this and I'm like, wow, God notices and appreciates every good choice I make throughout my life when other people don't. I, I do have moments where I, I walk away from a situation having chosen to do the godly thing, yeah. Right. And I'm going to say that even over the right thing, because sometimes what I think is the right thing is not the godly thing. So when I've chosen to do the godly thing and I do have a moment of feeling like, OK, I have a deep satisfaction because I know that I did the right thing in front of you, father. Doesn't matter what, it, you know, what everyone else thinks. Doesn't matter what I really wanted to do or think or say. I did the thing that I know pleases you. And there is a moment where I, I can feel not even just God's appreciation for my choice, but my own appreciation of God for teaching me to make that choice. If that, mm. makes, if that makes any sense. Right. Mm. And you know, how many times, look, it says, so change the way you live as a result. We're supposed to exchange grumbling for praying. Okay. I'm sorry. I've grumbled before. We're supposed to exchange competing for celebrating. Oh my gosh. When I am not in my identity in Christ, I become uber competitive and it is not right. It is, it is, it is this competitive thing that comes out of the flesh. Like, oh, you want to slight me? Well, let me show you all that I can be. You know, let me show you all. And it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, she's getting ready to show us all that she is. And it ain't all that I am in Christ nine times out of 10, right? Um, hmm. We're supposed to exchange bitterness for thankfulness. Oh, wow. I mean, that that's like a big one because performing for serving, who wants to serve, you know, when 
you're not, when you're not in your identity and you're kind of not feeling appreciated, you, it can become a performance in a situation more than an actual servant heart behavior, you know, and, and I, and, and it can, you know, bitterness for thankfulness. That's an easy one. We get that, you know, when you exchange bitterness for thankfulness, you are truly walking in your identity because it is difficult to, you know, not complain and not be bitter throughout the day dealing with some of the things we're dealing with, even if some of the things that we're dealing with might have to do just with our wondering if God loves us or Mm -hmm. feeling overlooked or passed over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel really like stuck on that. Every good choice, even when others don't like God appreciates every good choice, even when others don't. And I like, I guess my perspective is always like that mother, like looking at my kids and like, I will have gone out for the evening and maybe Elisha's home from college and sitting Shiloh and like, no one knows, but like, if I come home and he's like emptied the dishwasher, like not the world doesn't see it, but like, I come home and I'm like, oh, I really, that was really kind. Like it didn't change the world necessarily, but you know what? It really, my heart was like so grateful for the service, not the performance. He didn't say, Hey, guess what I did for you, mama. I am do the dishwasher. He just did it. And then he went off and went back to college. He didn't say it. He just kind of did it. And I, I can, I guess that's the way I can understand the father's heart. Like, I see you, I see you. And you didn't even have to tell me. And you know, no one else had to like throw you a parade. You just, we're good. Right. And I think what that does for me with the Lord is it just like gives me this connection and no one can interrupt that connection. When I have that connection with the Lord and I'm doing things not out of performance, but just out of service, no one can interrupt my connection with him. And I think that is the space where I really want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it really makes me think a lot of, um, we seen like Matthew six, Matthew through the, Beatitudes and all that, where it uh, talks about how like your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. And like, it's just, it's kind of like stated over and over again in the scriptures about, um, especially in, in those passages about, you know, not praying these big prayers in front of people so that they pat you on the back, not doing these good deeds to boast, not, you know, all this stuff, but like, like it really like, it's like, it's like God's God values the little movements of our hearts. And actually at the end of the day, even if we did boast about it, like he already sees these things before we even, you know, it comes to mind. And, and I think as I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm going, I I feel like I've over this last few months, I've been like so confronted with just, wow, most of the world lives their life in a way that is completely opposite and heartbreaking to God's values. Like even more so as like, you know, we're kind of nearing the end or whatever you want to call it, you know, stuff is popping off this and that, whatever we are seeing wickedness really like start to um, show itself in a very overt way. And, um, and I don't know. I, so I'm sitting here going, you know, as you're saying, Nova, Yes, your son did the dishes and maybe didn't change the world, but it actually does. I think that's the thing. When we make those little choices for God, it does change the world. Because I think even myself, like I grew up. Yeah, what it changed, Christina, sorry to interrupt, but what it changed, what I said was it changed the connection, right? The the Mm. connection is what it changed. So I I mean, you know what I'm saying? It didn't change the world, but yes, it does. It but it was the connection. That, that sure. was kind of my point. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. I, and, and that's, but that's huge because on your point, your connection therefore expresses the fragrance of Christ to those around you. Right. So it's all, it's all connected, but all I'm even going like you, you, you know, you forgive your neighbor. Oh my God. We've been talking about this. You forgive your brother who hurt you. you forgive the leader in power over you who abused you. That is actually like, I'm going, who's, who's doing that guys. Who's even telling you to do that? That like, that is so, that doesn't come from you. That comes, that literally is a divine connection with the Holy Spirit. And that connection, Nova, that gets strengthened with you and the Lord, the more that it grows, the more influence grows, the more, not our influence, but Christ's kingdom is therefore is able to expand. 
and run swiftly. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I think on, a, on another note, I feel very convicted because I feel like my, a lot of the time as I've gotten older, the way that I love God or my relationship with him is primarily serving him doing the right thing, singing the right songs, saying the right things. You know, that person really pissed me off, but I know, oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. That person really made me angry, but, but you know, real girl, I'm real girl. Them. <laughs> I know that's not, but, but you know what I'm saying? So like, it's like, I can do the right things. I can, mm-hmm. I can pour my life out. Mm-hmm. I can give all my money to the poor. But at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, but I'm just serving. And no, I don't feel appreciated. Cause I feel Performing. like, do you see it's, yeah. And it's that aspect of like, my identity is already off. I've switched from being a child to a servant of my own, you know, voluntarily. I want to, well, I think I like, but there's the a disconnect, not, not, not to disconnect, uh, interrupt it also. Oh, no, you're good. I think you're totally on one right here. I think it's the performing versus serving. Serving really does come out of that servant heart to like, you know, that Christ has performing comes out of the flesh. So what yeah. happens is you get conditioned, you know, it's like now you're in a situation, you don't feel appreciated. And so now you're performing. And as performers, oh. think of the word, guys, we're all artists, right? So as artists, you take your skill set and you are taught to perform really well in front of people. And so when you move out of the connection of God, where you're serving God, you're loving God openly. And through that, he's expressing himself to other people. The second I cut off from that, I'm performing for other people. And mm. I don't necessarily even have to love them. I just have to perform the words correctly. Perform the, you have to perform the song well, sing the song well. Now you're not really in your power zone, mm. you know? Right, yeah. right. And it switches. And I think that's the interesting thing about, about appreciation. It almost makes me... Uh, like you appreciate me. What have I even done to earn that? <laughs> Which is so stupid. Cause I mean, he died and gave us himself and we deserve nothing. But like that idea of appreciation, like it actually, man, it will like, like I'm sitting here going that could unlock a whole wealth of energy to continue to love him, continue to like be kind to my, my neighbor, continue to parent well and, you know, go low. But like, it's so funny that you brought this up. I never think about God appreciating me and I'm not, I'm not mad about it, but I realized if I were to like be connected with that reality, wow, my life would be so much happier. It would even be so much more productive because, yeah. and this is why I really, you know, we started this last week and I really wanted to hone in on this particular quality. Um, on this list, because when I feel appreciated, I give more, I, yeah. I, I love more, I help mm. more, yeah. I, mm. I, I just, I do more, I mm. become more when I feel appreciated. And mm. I realize that we, we live in a world. And so understand that this is, uh, this is Satan's plan for all of us, right? Is that you never feel appreciated. Mm. Because if you feel appreciated and you live in that identity, you will become more of what you were created to be. Mm. And yeah, it's better yeah. to make you confused about what you were created to be. It's better to get you feeling like what you were created to be means nothing. So you don't do anything, you know? So you live in this <sighs> zone of lack and less, yeah. you know? And yeah. 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 Oh my okay. gosh. Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's funny. Okay. And this is funny. Christina, I know you have fence stories, I think, about neighbors and (laughs) stuff. I have my own fence story. And let me just say, I was appreciating this story because this point is just awesome. Like that God sees us and appreciates us. But we live in a neighborhood where we have three or we have four sets of neighbors along this row. And then we have a neighbor on the other side and there's a lot of things there. And we just were like, wow, we need to like build a fence. So my sweet husband was like, you know what? I'm just going to build a fence. And I know how to build fences. I know like what codes are for the city, blah, blah, blah. He puts up a fence that doesn't even, their fence is really old, but he, he, they built a fence. It's very old. So he built a fence where we see all their junk that is not connected. And it's a very particular, like he did that kind of homework and it 
all our neighbors were like, thank you. We don't have to see all this junk. They were just so excited. And then we get a notice like, well, no, let me take it back. My husband was in the middle of building the fence and the neighbor (laughs) comes and cusses him out. And just like, he got scared. Like he thought something was going to happen. And he's like, I don't, I think this is like totally fine. I'm just going to keep building. But she like was like, like blood veins popping and screaming. And she was like, went to the city and reported. And he's like, I'm pretty sure this is totally fine. So all the neighbors are like loving us, like appreciating all the work. My husband spent some money, built the fence. Well, we get a notice from the city, like, you're going to basically go to prison if you don't take the fence down. What? And, what? Oh, oh, yeah. And what? I'm like, I am not feeling appreciated. And I was, you guys, Quite honestly, that moment, I was like, we just did like a really nice things for our neighbor and we should be appreciated. And we were not appreciated. We, by the neighbors, we were, but you know, then that neighbor in the city and like to that, to that, I I need some context. Well, what happened though? What happened? No. Wait. So this is the woman who had a bunch of junk in her yard. Yeah. And she she said, yes, you're building a fence so that everybody else doesn't have to see her junk. Okay, yeah, she on, wanted just... everybody to see her junk and like all her trash cans. And then she was throwing trash over the fence after we built it. It was like <gasps> crazy, you guys. Can <gasps> you report her? Oh, it, now you know it's legal. So, okay, you know what's so interesting? Though? Okay, but here's right where I want to fight back. I want to blah, 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 blah. And what we would have to do is get all these, we would have spent like $3,000 on a fence trying to get through permits and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just, we just kind of decided, I, I, I had to have like a full blown moment where it was like, you know what? She, it's all about control. And I was sitting back going, it's not, yeah, it, I was like, it's just not worth it. And I felt like the Lord said, you know what you did? I, you did a good thing and it was turned around. So he sees and appreciates every good choice, even when others don't. And I, it was kind of this, when you said that, I was like, the Lord appreciated that we want to love these neighbors and she made it impossible. And I'm like, that's sometimes just, you don't, sometimes we sit and we don't get it. We don't know the answers, but we can sit back and go, I, Lord, I, I, I did what I thought was right and it's not appreciated. And I have to sit and go, but you, you see it, you but it saw was, it. But now hold on a second though. But it was appreciated by the other. It was by our, oh, they, they were, they were like, we were so happy for one month. Thank you. And that's awesome. Well, what now. Did yeah, she well, like, did she go, did she get what was coming to her? Like, that's what no, I want. We had, we had yeah. to take the fence yeah. down or else my husband would have a felony. Wait, what? a felony for what? A felony for felony if, fence building. Yeah, no, dude, it, it is crazy town, but we, we, we built it. It was on our property. However, when these places are built, if you are even an inch if your cement is like six inches from their fence, they can say that you were built on their property and that's a felony. Like you can't build on someone's property. So at, we felt like we could fight this tooth and nail, but if she's right, then my husband gets a felony. No, 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 no. I guarantee yes. you she's not right. You need to talk to Roger. Let him find <laughs> out. No, 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 no. Let him find out what the city's setbacks are. If you're within the legal setback on your own property and you're within the legal setback from her property line, you can do whatever you want. It is your property. Now, that said, have you <laughs> thought about going over and because because I, cause, I did not on. mean to make Girl Club about my fence issue. No, 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 no. The but point you know was, but it's but real, it, though. But this is Yeah, because there is a point. Yeah, we got to back. Well, there is a point here because everyone appreciated your efforts because you were basically trying to shield yourself and everyone else from having to look at her garbage and her junk because she doesn't care about any of you. She cares about herself. So here's my other thing. Have you ever thought of going over and knocking on her door and saying to her, listen, here's the problem. You have a bunch of junk and garbage in your yard and the entire community doesn't really want to look at it. Do you want us? We've all done it. We've all said it. 
have you all, have you guys ever thought to go and offer to clean all the garbage and the junk out of her yard? It's very interesting because she had, oh my goodness, this is getting way too, this is like a lot, you guys. I'm invested in the plot. I'm invested. I I know. The plot is crazy. Here's, here's the thing. Um, it's just constant. So it like, it, it just is a constant dis- mess and disaster. And there's like a car that's hood open, like you can't remove, you know, and, and technically if it's on their property, they can do whatever they want. It's very, the whole point was just like, I, okay. We really thought she'd be like, Oh, you guys built a fence and it looks amazing. We thought she'd be like, she is gonna love us. But it was more about, us not, I'm getting her permission, which we didn't need her permission. And it, you don't. It was about, it was about her, the the control. And I'm like, the. I mean, now that I've broadcast this, I guess the Lord, it's not just the Lord that knows that we did this, but um, I don't know. I like, I still, I, I still just. I don't I still, think appreciation means backing down. I think God appreciates that you're able to sit here and be loving and kind about it because in the flesh, outside of our identity in Christ, you know that me, you, and and the two Christinas would be on that girl's uh, doorstep ready to beat her down. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. You got it. Also this. Also this. Plot twist. She's a lawyer. (laughs) Oh, snap. That does strike a little fear. He's taking total advantage. No, 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 no. There's no. Listen. She may be a lawyer, but what she ain't is an architect who knows the planning department. That's why I'm saying <laughs> we need to get Roger on this because we do. Put him on Girl Club. Yeah, we need to get Roger on this because because my my husband, we can put you where you are legal, and then you know how to quote back to her. And Chris and Nova, you can yeah. pull up the codes, the planning codes for where you live and you can start to educate yourself in no, what I, those building codes are. And yeah, then no, you, I know we, we, we went through gone. some of those hoops, Cynthia, yeah. and we realized it was just going to cost us too much money to do. And we don't have the resources. That's no, straight up. It, it doesn't need to cost you any money. Yes. Because we'd have to get it surveyed and it's like $1,500. Our city is very particular. No, no, you do have to get surveyed because that happens. Have to Very particular. Yeah. 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 So, but okay, also this, and I just saw she needs prayer. She does need prayer. She is somebody who. She needs a janitor is what she no, needs. She needs a exercise, bro. The demons needs, need to come out. Well, no, here's the thing. The Lord showed me that there's something off a long time ago and I've just been kind. Now it's what's interesting. I've been very kind and I think the rest of the neighbors were wondering, are you like team whatever? Because she's made it challenging. I don't want to say too much because this is my neighborhood, but she's made it challenging. I'll just say in the neighborhood for the whole neighborhood. Wow. And it's been a thing. And we, I think knowing that we thought we were doing something that was a blessing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. anyways, we spend a lot of time on that. And I, I hope they're, we're finding a spiritual application here. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm watching you. I'm going, well, I mean, you're living out, you know, you're living out of your identity. And I she's mean, she out came after my husband. She came after him verbally. We thought she was going to assault him. It was very scary to be honest with you. It was very wow. He should have ignited. her into assaulting him. <laughs> here's the thing though I, I mean my husband said nova you would have been so proud of me he goes i was living in my like my moment with jesus and he's like he goes i was like just thinking a gentle word turns away wrath and she was just wrath 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 and he just said i would love to have a civil conversation with you if you'd like to calm down and she stormed away and screeched off and went to the city and and ricky you know he kind of came he goes man i thought i was doing something great and here this is just like i feel deflated like and then he had to take that fence that he worked so hard to put up he had to take it all down and he had to, i mean he had to take it all down cut the things and and you know you guys she she won she, she did win. She, she won the battle, but in some ways I just go, um, but at what cost? Yeah. I, I'm like, I, I, I actually have 
compassion and empathy for that. And, and I, 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 it makes me sad that she's living that way, to be honest with you. I'm like, that, that's a bummer for you. you Great neighbors. That's a choice. That's a choice. choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. And it's my choice too. And I'm not, you know, I am not smelling like roses. Every time I was driving, I was like, oh, I love the dog fence. You know, I, I've had to process myself, but I'm like, okay. All right. Like what you said, you're appreciated. I'm like, okay, Lord, all I, all we need after this is you appreciate the heart behind us. You appreciate us and what you're doing in us and the heart behind what we desire to do. And I, I feel like for me, the point is, I think that's enough. It doesn't mean we don't move forward and do other things, but I'm like, like, is that enough or that's enough? Like that's enough for me. Can what, you, what? Can you move like into the part of your yard that you know was actually the part of your yard and put a fence? <laughs> I know. She's still wanting to build a fence. fighting for this fence. No, I I'll build a fence. I, oh, I mean, I've thought of, I've thought of a lot of different things we could do, but it's, you know, when you just are like, I, I think, I think this is. It's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. I'm like to keep peace. I'm like, I was actually fearing for my child's safety. Yeah. I mean, girl, I feel you because I've been, they were throwing things over our fence and yeah, I'm like, ah, no, thanks. I'm like, so now I just pray ministering angels. But but that was an assault by the way. (laughs) No. Throw something over your fence away was an assault. And I have to tell you, I mean this, okay. So this brings up a really good point. Okay. In our, in our identity. <laughs> Bring right? it in. in our identity as Christians. Uh, see, I don't, I don't think that we serve a passive God. I don't. No. I, I, we serve a God who walked into the temple and saw injustice going on and people trading on his name and misrepresenting him. And he tore the joint up. Okay. So now, did he still love? Would it, was he still always there for to forgive if these people repented? Of course, all of that. But mm-hmm. I also think that this, and I'm not, look, I'm not sitting here giving you an answer. I'm actually presenting something yeah. that yeah. I think is a great thing for us to dialogue about in our identities as Christians. At what point are we just laying down being doormats and hiding behind our faith? Because if you know that you're appreciated by God and you were validated by the appreciation of these neighbors around you and out of the overflow of your heart was only good things. You only wanted to be a blessing to everyone, including the demon who lives behind you in the garbage pit. Um, <laughs> you're, you're straight as far as I'm concerned. You're straight. You've checked all the boxes. You're even still trying to live out of your identity in Christ. But at what point are you laying down on an assignment to make things right, not just for yourself, but for mm-hmm. everyone? And, and, I, and when God gives you an assignment like that, he'll provide a way to do it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, I have a very difficult time that he would lay an assignment on you that had a financial burden if he didn't, if there wasn't a way around that burden financially, or there wasn't a way to um, achieve the same goal without even dealing. Cause God knows where you are. He's not going to put you in a boat without the, the paddles, you know, to get across this little, little river bend bump. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, and I just, I don't know, you just may need to pray into that, but I, yeah, yeah. we jump to action sometimes. You know. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing too. I know that we're not battling against flesh and blood. I mean, I saw some demons and so did my husband. And so I, I, saw, if, I, I'm, I that was the first word I heard when you started telling the story, the woman's, yeah. the woman's got an infestation of demons who it throws garbage over their fence into someone else's yard. Who? Yeah. Think about yeah. the overflow of that heart. Yeah. It, it's, it's, we've had a few instances and I'm like, okay, this is, this is, more than just someone who had a bad day. This is someone who is spiritually dead and makes a living out of suing people, probably, (laughs) you know? Well, and you might want to 
check with the bar and make sure she still even has a license because a person that shows you that kind of fruit. No, come on, you guys. This is a look when the enemy is willing to throw garbage at you. Okay. Now let's start dealing with this spiritually. We wrestle not against let's do that. Okay, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Okay. Now you've got an enemy that literally is throwing garbage at you. Nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten, that enemy lives from the identity of an enemy, which is liars, uh, cheaters, blasphemers, people who aren't grateful. There is no service, it's all performance. There is no thankfulness, it's all bitterness. I mean, I feel every fruit of the enemy in this situation coming from her. And I feel every fruit of the Lord coming from you. Therefore, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Mm. Yeah, this is super spiritual because the first thing that she said to him was like, you're supposed to be a pastor. Like she went straight for the like, you know, identity, which is what the enemy would do. Yeah. Do you want to ministering angels? Wait, you know why? Um, you know why she went there? You know why she went there? Yeah. Lesson for you guys. You know yes. why she went there? Yeah. Because that's the line of attack that the enemy has been using currently on Ricky. That was a blessing mm-hmm. to Ricky to make mm-hmm. sure that he understands in his identity, he yeah. is a pastor. Mm-hmm. And nothing and nobody can come yeah. against the reality of the calling yeah. on his life. So as yeah. long as you could take that and be like, yeah, I am a pastor and put that aside, then that means yeah. he won that line of attack. Yeah. He mm-hmm. may have been used to bring that line of attack because he may still have a weakness in him that's questioning that because of everything that's gone on. And God wants to strengthen him there. Yeah, maybe. He, he um, yeah, possibly. Yeah. But he just thought it was so interesting. He's like, all right, well, this feels super spiritual because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. Right. Anyways. Whoa. Yeah. So, and that's so I don't know what to say other than I drive out my driveway and I was like, bless with truth, bless with truth. I don't know, like ministering angels. I honestly, that's all I can do because there are moments when I feel fearful and I know Jesus is with me in that fear, but I, I'm, you're, you know, this is, this, this is actually real life. I'm like, this does not feel real, but it's, fear, it's actually real. But, and you know, look, fear is the opposite of faith. Faith and fear can't live in the same temple. We are his temple. Therefore, the only thing allowed inside of us is faith. Fear is spelled F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. She's false. She's being used by the enemy. God bless and save her. She doesn't know who she is in Christ. I don't, I mean, you are a pastor may be the most Christian thing she's uttered out of her mouth in years. We don't know where she is in her relationship with the Lord, but we do know this. It's definitely spiritual. And God uses all these things to strengthen us in our identity. Mm. But the stronger you get in your identity, also understand that we're, we're, we're not, we don't serve a passive God. We serve a God who does things, you know, he has to do things. He has to rebuke us sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because he has a heart to help. You yeah. know, you have to rebuke her because you have a heart to help, not just her, but the entire neighborhood. And if she doesn't want to be helped, okay, then she can live in her own little, you know, Charles H. Schultz pig pen, whirl of dust and piggy trash on her own. Yeah. The whole neighborhood doesn't yeah. need to be inflicted by her, you know? He sounds like Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada, dude. That movie. That just, like, <laughs> nothing you do can, like, please her. You know what I'm saying? And it really yeah. is her own, like, people who have experienced trauma are either very, like, hoarders people mm-hmm. where everything's really messy. Or they're very, like, OCD, ADHD because it's mm-hmm. a control thing. Yeah. And it sounds she like. She has big she- issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, 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 it's it's pretty big. And so it is, and it is deeply spiritual. And I think the enemy will come at all of us, Christina Reynolds, you know, the whole thing with neighbors. Sometimes it's like the enemy's going to come at you whatever way he can to destroy our identity. Like you always talk about Cynthia. It's like, so I I mean, I, I think that all of this is part of the story. It's Mm -hmm. part of it. Absolutely. But you want to know what's so incredible about 
just, you know, this story and all of what we're talking about is because when you are walking in your identity as a believer, you are able to see things through a lens of, of God, through a kingdom lens. And you see people even through that lens. And I think the greatest gift to the world is that we are given the ability to do that because we're all given the ability to see things through our own broken lenses and our own broken filters. And if, and when we do that, this, the, the planet is just a mess. But when we as believers are really able to, to stay in identity, then we're able to have righteous anger because there mm-hmm. is such a thing as righteous anger. Mm-hmm. We're able to seek righteous justice, righteous, you know, results because there is justice. You know, we serve mm-hmm. a God who loves order, not chaos, a mm-hmm. God who is just, not unjust. So in our identity, we seek justice daily, right? And I think mm-hmm. that the real trick here, and, and Nova, you're living it out, and it's such a great <laughs> example, because the real trick is to figure out, okay, what God appreciates about me and my husband and our family is because our choices are for him, no matter what. We know mm-hmm. that. We've been proven it and that. Maybe we've fallen down one day, but we certainly get up by the end of the day and we take that choice right back to the throne because that's who we are. Now in that, how do we also in our identity seek justice in a situation that's unjust? And only God can really lead you in that. And I, I, I do believe that his justice will prevail. Yeah. It's tough, you guys. It's It really is tough to know what to do in those real life situations because it's like, you know, you hear the, the I don't want to say the niceties because scripture is the word of God and it's powerful, but you hear, you know, in the background, you know, all these things that people have used, um, honestly, to a spiritual abuse to make Christians feel guilty about certain things, like, like they're not enough. And so they'll throw scripture at you mm-hmm. so that you feel like, well, I just have to lay out, like lay down and, you know, um, just do the right thing to keep the peace and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So to, to really, to really listen to the Lord. And it's really interesting yeah. because, uh, the, it, the scripture where it talks about laying, if, if, if someone takes your, I don't, can't remember what it was, but then, uh, yeah, then give them whatever else. I can't remember. I think give them your cloak. Sorry. I'm, it's like, it's a story in there. It's in the new Testament, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, yeah, and often Christians say, yeah. Christians just say, well, just, you know what, just give them more and more and more. But that story was actually about, you know what, it's like somebody, it, it's like this rich person taking somebody who doesn't have anything and taking their you know, a, a homeless person's shopping cart, not everybody would look at the person who has everything go, what are you doing? It's more dishonoring. So uh, that kind of came to me, Cynthia, when you said that it's like, you know, what is the honorable thing before the Lord? Not, you know, does that make sense? Yes. I just want to add thing, one thing before I have to log off, but um, what you said specifically about like people will often use like what you, what you went through Nova with Ricky, mm-hmm. like attacking mm-hmm. your Christianity. Right. Mm-hmm. When I uh, moved out of, you know, you guys all know the story. I moved out of my family's house in 2020 when they invited a family member that violated me coming in and I confronted them in love. And I just said, dude, like, I can't do it anymore. What are you doing? Cause I wasn't trying to like battle it out till the end, but I, but in that moment, the Lord was like, you need to confront this in love. So I pulled aside my parents because that was one thing Roger said. Roger's like, Christina, you got to tell them exactly why you're leaving and don't sugarcoat it. So I did. And I said, it's wrong. You said you were going to protect this family, that you're going to protect me and you didn't. And that's what was used against me. You're not being a forgiving Christian. You go out and you do all this stuff for Jesus. But now look at you. You can't put it behind you and you need to help this person. And that's what was always used when it came to this person that it's like this person would be homeless and they would be like, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, I'm sorry, they're addicted, demon possessed and in witchcraft. Like that is a result of their own doing. It's not my mess to clean up. And so I realized and I took that with me. Honestly, when I moved out, I was like, God, am I not being a forgiving Christian? Like, should I have to live within that abuse? But so going off of what Cynthia said, there are times in situations where you are being abused 
used where you just have to say, no, I'm not going to take that. Where that person using that against me, that's a form of abuse. And I will not lie down and submit to that spirit of abuse and, and that demonic thing. And that's what I did. I said, you know, God bless, but I'm out. And so I think, I mean, in your situation with the fence is different, but I think in those, um, sorry, I don't know where I went. I don't know, but I'll, I'm going to jump in and just okay, say, yeah. It's, yeah. a form, it's a form of identity manipulation. It and is exactly the yeah. enemy. Look, yeah. all of this is about attacking our identity. So to me, the proof that this is the enemy is completely in the fact that the first words out of their mouth were to attack your identity in Christ. Yet I bet if you yeah. ask that person back to their face, do you even know what my identity in Christ is about? They would look at you and glaze over because they have no idea and they ain't interested in your Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And that's just like, like what you said, Cynthia, like, I think there's times where, because it was crazy, there was a day where this specific family member, the same demonic thing that was coming from another sibling who had demonic stuff going on in a completely different situation was the same thing coming from her. And I knew it was a demon. And I, and so that day that I even like moved out of my family's house, I was just like, no, like the enemy would want me to submit to a spirit of abuse. I've already done that in a church setting before, and I will no longer submit to a spirit of spiritual abuse, sexual abuse, manipulation, and all those things. And there's times in this situation where the Lord, you know, in love, I confronted my family, but um, things have not changed two years later in this specific dynamic. But what has changed is me where I'm not going to fight this until the end to prove that I'm right. Cause they're not going to get it. And so I think in your situation, Nova, there's sometimes that people will not get it, but what changes is maybe not the situation, but you in the situation where you're no longer submitting to a, that spirit that would seek to make you feel small, but you're rising above it. Like you said, ministering angels, right. And you just like set those boundaries. Cause there's some things, even in my situation where practically I'm like, I don't know if this will ever change. Yeah. But I choose to not submit to that lie that I'm being a bad Christian or mm. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, but that's all I have to say. Yeah, that I, don't have, something. that I don't have a pastor's heart because I'm out here trying to build yeah. a beautiful fence so that all of our neighbors don't have to look at the garbage and the demon infestation that you choose to live in. <laughs> Pow. <laughs> yeah, it was wild ride. So there you have it. there you you have it and and you know you guys i know we have to i know we have to wrap it up and i know um boudreaux had to had to pop out now and for all of you who are listening or or watching um we've spent this particular uh girl club really talking about the fact that we're appreciated that god really does appreciate us and one of the things you need to know in your identity as a as a christian is that you're appreciated. And, and I, I think, honestly, I think the whole reason why we just focused on this one point today is because it's something that we, like you nailed it, Nova. We just don't live in this reality zone. Like Christina said, if I actually walked around feeling appreciated every day, all day, oh my gosh, you know, I know what would happen. The two of you would write more songs, you know, you'd make, you'd make more music. You know, I know what, I know what would happen with me. I would write the script that I've been wanting to write all year. I would write, you know, the book that I I want to write. I would, you know, say the things that I want to say, but this sort of thing of feeling not appreciated feeds into so much. It feeds into so much that stops us from doing what God wants us to do. And so I think for everybody listening, You've got to really deal with this one. And I think we should spend the week dealing with this one. Like, what are you actually being stopped? What are you not doing right now that you really want to do, but you won't do because you just don't feel like it matters or like anybody cares or appreciates your effort? Mm, That's deep. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's good for the three of us. So I, I know, you know, see <laughs> for CB too, right? So for the four of us, but I, I know that it's, I know that it's real. I know that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I don't know, you know, unless either of you have a closing comment, you know, then we can, we can kind of sit with that and pick up next week. Um, and, and I hope for all of you listening or watching, you send us in your struggles with what, what is it that, what is it that the enemy, you know, what, what are you forget the enemy? What are you stopping yourself from doing? Because you don't think anybody's going to care or appreciate it anyway. That's so deep because I know, I know that the fulfillment of dreams is locked in that statement. Yes, that is it right there. The fulfillment of dreams is locked in that statement. When I don't feel appreciated, I don't even want to dream anymore because it doesn't matter to anyone. Exactly. Mm. And that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to even hear out loud. Yep. And no one wants to say it. Yep. Everyone's we, thinking it though. I'm yeah. just going to, to be yeah. honest, for struggles with Everyone. that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Thanks, Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and the reality is that's death. I mean, that's Satan's victory right there. We can, because, because, because feeling like you're just busy living or, or just mm. busy dying is not being busy living. Amen. Amen. That's a wrap. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You go, you go now. Think I about know. that. I know. I know. But man, I love and appreciate you guys. And, and we are all loved and appreciated. And I just, I just pray as we close this week that we would all have a massive encounter with God, the God who appreciates us with the God whose appreciation guarantees us victory and breakthrough and the achievement of our dreams in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You've been a part of girl club. Thank you guys. And uh, we will see you next week. These EPs found their way into the hands of Chris Tomlin. And so we got this email out of the blue. Well, he was inviting us to go on this major arena tour of the United States. And at that time, we were like, well, we're not even really a band. Do we tell him we're not a band? Chris Llewellyn from REM Collective shares some of his life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. Find The Walk on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.